Hello, Monetization Nation. Today I'm trying something new. Uh, there is a tectonic shift happening in social media where the different social media platforms are giving a lot of preference to content that is being shared through live stream. And I'm hearing of other content producers who are taking the same content and instead of just uploading a video, they are presenting it in a live format and they're getting as many as five times as many watches of those videos just using the live platform. So these social media platforms, they're constantly changing their algorithms and we are going to adjust with that algorithm. And as live streams have become something that these social platforms are preferencing, uh, we're gonna test doing some more live streaming. And I'm just gonna try once a week for now, just take my lunch break on Wednesdays at noon Mountain Standard Time and just share a few stories and, and share a few concepts uh, related to tectonic shifts and passion marketing and credibility marketing, some of these topics that I talk a lot about. So this is my first one. Hopefully I don't mess it up too bad. Uh, thanks for joining me today. And I'm Nathan Gwilliam, your host. So I'd like to start off by talking about passion marketing and the why behind passion marketing. When I was a kid, we only had four TV stations, the standard network stations, and we had a black and white TV. And, and uh, when we wanted to watch something on television, because there were only those four stations, we didn't have a lot of choices. And so, in, in fact, I remember when the fifth TV station came out, it was in the Phoenix market, it was channel 45, and it was such a big deal because we had a fifth show to choose from when we wanted to watch TV. But today, how many choices do our ideal customers have? When they have an extra hour, instead of sitting down and picking between five TV, station, five TV shows like I had as a child, how many different choices do they have good things to do with that hour? Did you know that the popular streaming channels combined have just shy of 20,000 movies available on demand, 6,500 TV shows available on demand, uh, and that watching everything on Netflix would take around 36,000 hours, or in other words, about four years binge-watching Netflix straight. Those who love podcasts would have... 850,000 active podcasts to choose from, uh, not to mention more than 30 million uh, different podcast episodes. And that doesn't even uh, consider YouTube. YouTube has more than 500 hours of videos uploaded every minute. And that statistic is even as of 2019, I'm, I'm sure even more videos being added today. And that's just entertainment that can be consumed. That doesn't even consider other things that people can do, like playing video games or purchasing products. Did you know that, that uh, Amazon has more than 350 million products alone uh, that people can search through and, and buy? So the bottom line here is that with every extra hour and with every extra dollar that our ideal customers have, there's literally a thousand good things to do with that extra hour, that extra dollar. And I'm not saying everything good on, on uh, these streaming channels or on, on Amazon are good to do, but from the millions of choices, there's, there's definitely many good things that they can choose from. 
And so being good is no longer good enough. Consumers have access to more things to do in the next hour than they could ever do in a lifetime. And in the past, people would build their businesses and, and be product first. They would build what they felt was a good product, and then they'd go try to find a market for it. But that model isn't working because we're competing against thousands of other good things. We are in a business landscape where we have many businesses that have good products. They've spent so much time and effort and money building good products, but they're having a hard time turning those into sales. So what's the solution? Over my career, I have found that the solution to this is something I call passion marketing. And if you Google my name, Nathan Gwilliam, and uh, put TEDx next to it, you'll see a TED talk that I gave on passion marketing maybe five or six years ago. And I, I give a couple of case studies in that. And what I'm going to do over the next maybe eight to ten uh, Wednesdays when I'm, I'm doing this, this uh, live streaming is I'm going to be talking about passion marketing and the nuances of passion marketing. And so if you're interested in learning about passion marketing and how to apply it to, you, it to your business, I recommend that you follow me on, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, on the different channels where we're going to be broadcasting this and, and tune in each Wednesday at, at noon Mountain Standard Time. So let me tell you a little bit about how I, how I learned of the importance of passion marketing. The first time that this really hit home to me was when I was, when I was working for a consulting client called Family Link. And Family Link has or had a Facebook app called We're Related. And that app grew to, I believe, 90 million app installs and was the fourth largest Facebook app. And that company, Family Link, had a Facebook page that was titled, I Love My Family. And it, it was very interesting to me because most businesses, they want to give their Facebook page the, the name of their company brand. So in this case, this consulting client, if they would have followed conventional wisdom, would have called their Facebook page Family Link. But instead, this company called it Olive My Family. And because they, they gave their page what I call a passion statement as the title, I Love My Family, is something that millions and millions of people around the world are very passionate about. So what I call a level 10 passion. Because they focused around that passion, uh, I believe at the time they had four or five million people that had followed that page. The reality is people just aren't very passionate about our brands, but they're extremely passionate about how our brands can, can help them with the things they're passionate about, like their family relationships. And after learning this concept and seeing this in action at FamilyLink, uh, I was then working for a consulting client called Azul Airlines. It was a, an upstart Brazilian airline that I had the privilege of working for with, with David Nealman, who is the founder of JetBlue Airlines. And I was in charge of helping them develop and roll out a digital strategy. And, and while I was there at, at Azul, one of the things that we did was was create a Facebook strategy. At the time, Orkut was, was the dominant social network in Brazil. And Facebook had just gone to Brazil maybe two months before I started. And so we decided to essentially ignore Orkut and focus 
essentially all of our social efforts on Facebook. And, and we created 100 different Facebook pages with different passion titles. And we tested them. We put a little bit of money behind each of those pages and we found which ones actually performed the best and generated the most engagement and, and allowed us to get the most followers. And we found of those 100 different Facebook pages that three or four of them performed better than the others. So we turned off, literally turned off 96 of the Facebook pages and we focused our efforts on four of them. And the ones that did the best were ones that that evoked very strong passionate passions amongst the Brazilian travelers. For example, one of the best performing Facebook pages was I Love Brazil, but translated into Portuguese. It was Eu Amo Brasil. And uh, these pages became so successful that I believe at a time half of all of the followers of Facebook were following our Facebook pages. And we had tremendous reach. And, and this was one of the factors that helped Azul became, at, at a time when I was there, I was told that they were the fastest growing airline in aviation history. Um, and and it, after I left, they had a very successful IPO. And obviously, there were many other very talented people who were doing very a lot of other very important things that contributed to that. But uh, I believe that this strategy uh, contributed to that, where we connected with Brazilian travelers through this passion they had for Brazil and, and traveling uh, Brazil. So we're going to go into this a lot more depth in coming Wednesdays. Um, we're going to talk about what I call level 10 passions. And a level 10 passion, we, we use a passion meter. It's a scale that goes from 0 to 10, with 0 being something that I couldn't care less about and 10 being something that just drives my life. And we use this passion meter and we go to our ideal customers and we try to find the highest level passions we can of those ideal customers. And then we build our whole custom, our whole business, our, our products and our marketing and our, our channels and messaging, everything that we do around those passions. And it's a strategy that is, has proven to be extremely effective finding what is driving the lives of our ideal customers and building everything about that. And just one quick note, what passion marketing is not. A lot of times when I talk about passion marketing, people think that I'm saying follow your passion. And, and this is actually the opposite of that. I'm not saying it's unimportant to follow our passions. If we can find and create a business that we are super passionate about, great, do it. There, there's a lot of advantages in, in spending our life and our time doing something we're extremely passionate about. However, that is not what this passion marketing is that I'm, I'm teaching. This is, this is the opposite, where follow your passions is about find what you're passionate about and create your business and your products around that. I'm trying to flip that on its head. And I'm trying to say, find what your ideal customer is most passionate about and build your business around that. And I have found in my career that we're much more effective when we are customer centric like that. So how do we do that? What are the basic steps? And we'll talk about this in future episodes. Um, but we first have to determine our ideal customers. We then have to do surveys and focus groups of those ideal customers to identify their level 10 passions. We then have to 
I, I use something called the five whys, and it's a strategy that was developed by Toyota originally to find core reasons why problems were happening on assembly lines. And I use that to find the core reasons why people buy our products. And it's the most effective way I've found to identify these level 10 passions. And we'll talk about that, and I'll, I'll go through the whole five whys in a future episode. Uh, let me give you an example of another company outside of me uh, that's done this, that, that I'm, I'm sure you're all familiar with. So if you remember Nike, in the 19, late 1980s, Nike, Nike was really struggling, and they were losing a lot of ground to Reebok. And Nike, in a fortuitous series of events with their ad agency, came up with a passion statement called Just Do It. And they don't call it a passion statement. It's a slogan or uh, uh, some type of phrase like that. But uh, they nonetheless used what I call a passion statement, Just Do It. They didn't focus on here are our shoes, here's you know why our shoes are so much better, here's why our shoes are going to last so much longer. Um, it, it wasn't a product-centric ad campaign. It was, it was appealing to the level 10 passion of their, the competitors and the athletes and the fitness buffs that they were trying to market to is just do it, right? Just do it and achieve you know, that championship goal in your sport. Just do it and achieve that weight loss goal that you have. Just do it and, and get out when you want to be sleeping in bed in the morning, right? Just do it. And uh, it became iconic. Did you know that uh, they increased their share in the domestic sports shoe business from about 18% to more than 43%. So that's from $870 million, $877 million worldwide to $9.2 billion worldwide in 10 years. So that's between 1998 and 1998. Um, $887 million to $9.2 billion, like a ten, more than a 10 times growth by focusing on the passion statement of their target audience. So that's all I have for you today. I encourage you to brainstorm and and think of what you believe are the level 10 passions of your ideal customers and try to figure ways that you can implement those more into your business. And in future episodes, I'm going to teach you how to find those from your customers and then how to apply those throughout your business. And just a reminder, every Wednesday at noon mountain time, we're going to live stream to learn more about how how you can apply passion marketing in your business to, to grow your organization. And if you enjoyed what I'm talking about and you want to maybe get ahead of us a little bit and learn a little bit more about passion marketing, you can download a free ebook that I've written about passion marketing at passionmarketing.com. And in that, we teach you how you can become a priority, the top priority of your ideal customers. And if you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, um, and your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success as you implement passion marketing to help grow your business.